Runo eighteen of Kalevala, the Land of the Heroes, by Elias Lunrote, translated by William Forsell Kirby, eighteen forty-four to nineteen twelve. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo eighteen. Vainamoinen and Ilmarinen travel to Pohjola. Argument: Vainamoinen sets sail in his new boat to woo the maiden of Poya ilmarinen's sister sees him calls to him from the shore learns the object of his journey and hastens to warn her brother that a rival has set forth to pohjola to claim the bride ilmarinen makes ready and rides on horseback to pohjola along the shore the mistress of pohjola sees the suitors approaching and advises her daughter to choose Vainamoinen. but the daughter herself prefers ilmarinen the forger of the sampo and tells Vainamoinen, who is first to arrive, that she will not marry him. Vainamoinen, old and steadfast, pondered deeply and reflected how he best should woo the maiden, hasten to the long-haired maiden in the gloomy land of Poya, Sariola, forever misty. She, the far-famed maid of Poya, she, the peerless bride of Poya there the pale grey boat was lying and the boat with red he painted and adorned the prow with gilding and with silver overlaid it then upon the morning after very early in the morning pushed his boat into the water in the waves the hundred boarded pushed it from the barkless rollers from the rounded logs of pine tree then he raised a mast upon it on the mast the sails he hoisted raised a red sail on the vessel and another blue in colour then the boat himself he boarded and he walked upon the planking and upon the sea he steered it o'er the blue and plashing billows then he spoke the words which follow and in words like these expressed him enter yumala my vessel enter here o thorn most gracious strengthen thou the hero's weakness and the weakling do thou cherish on these far-extending waters on the wide expanse of billows breathe o wind upon the vessel drive o wave the boat before thee that i need not row with fingers nor may thus disturb the waters on the wide expanse of ocean out upon the open ocean Aniki, the ever-famous night's fair daughter maid of twilight long before the day had risen early in the morn had wakened and had washed her clothes and spread them and had rinsed and wrung the clothing where the red steps reach the furthest where the planking is the broadest out upon the misty headland on the shady island's ending then she turned and gazed around her in the cloudless air surrounding and she gazed aloft to heaven and from shore across the water and above the sun was shining and below the waves were gleaming o'er the waves her eyes were glancing to the south her head was turning to the mouth of suomi's river where the stream of vainula opens on the sea a blotch she sighted something blue among the billows then she spoke the words which follow and in terms like these expressed her what's this speck upon the ocean what this blue upon the billows if it be a flock of wild geese or of other beauteous birdies let them on their rushing pinions soar aloft amid the heavens if it be a shoal of salmon or a shoal of other fishes let them leap as they are swimming plunging then beneath the water if it be a rocky island or a stump amid the water let the billows rise above it or the waters drive it forward 
Now the boat came gliding onward, and the new boat sailed on swiftly, forward to the misty headland and the shady island's ending. Aniki the ever-famous saw the vessel fast approaching, saw the hundred boarded passing, and she spoke the words which follow, If thou art my brother's vessels or the vessel of my father, then direct thy journey homeward to the shore the prow directing. Where the landing stage is stationed, while the stern is pointing from it, if thou art a stranger vessel, mayst thou swim at greater distance, towards another stage then hasten, with the stern to this directed. "'Twas no vessel of her household, nor a boat from foreign regions, "'but the boat of Vinamoinen built by him the bard primeval, "'and the boat approached quite closely, onward sailed in hailing distance, "'till a word and then a second and a third were heard distinctly. "'Aniki the ever-famous, night's fair daughter, maid of twilight, "'hailed the boat as it approached her. "'Whither goes thou, Vinamoinen? "'Whither hero of the waters? "'Wherefore pride of all the country?' Then the aged Vinamoinen from the boat made ready answer, I am going salmon fishing, where the salmon trout are spawning, in the gloomy stream of Tuoni in the deep reed-bordered river. Aniki the ever-famous answered in the words which follow, Tell me not such idle falsehoods. Well, I know the spawning season, for aforetime, oft my father and my grandsire too before him, often went a salmon fishing and the salmon trout to capture in the boats the nets were lying and the boats were full of tackle here lay nets here lines were resting and the beating poles beside them and beneath the seats were tridents in the stern long staves were lying whither goest thou vinamoinen wherefore o uvantolainen said the aged vinamoinen forth in search of geese i wander where the bright-winged birds are sporting and the slimy fish are catching in the deep sound of the saxons where the sea is wide and open aniki the ever-famous answered in the words which follow well i know who speaks me truly and can soon detect the liar for aforetime oft my father and my grandsire too before him went abroad the geese to capture and to chase the red-beaked quarry and his bow was great and tight-strung and the bow he drew was splendid and a black dog leashed securely and the stern was tightly tethered on the strand the hounds were running and the whelps across the shingle speak the truth o vinamoinen whither do you take your journey said the aged vinamoinen wherefore take i not my journey where a mighty fight is raging there to fight among my equals where the greaves with blood are spattered even to the knees all crimsoned aniki again insisted loudly cried the tin adorned one well i know the ways of battle for aforetime went my father where a mighty fight was raging there to fight among his equals and a hundred men were rowing and a thousand men were standing in the prow their bows were lying and beneath the seats their sword blades speak the truth and tell me truly cease to lie and speak sincerely whither goest thou vinamoinen wherefore o suvantolainen then the aged vinamoinen answered in the words which follow come thou in my boat o maiden in my boat o maiden seat thee and the truth i then will tell thee cease to lie and speak sincerely aniki the tin adorned one cried aloud in indignation may the wind assail thy vessel and the east wind fall upon it may thy boat capsize beneath thee and the prow sink down beneath thee 
If you will not tell me truly Where you mean to take your journey, If the truth you will not tell me, And at last will end your lying. Then the aged Väinämöinen Answered in the words which follow, All the truth I now will tell you, Though at first I lied a little, Forth I fare to woo a maiden, Seek the favour of a maiden, In the gloomy land of Poya, Sariola forever misty, In the land where men are eaten, Where they even drown the heroes. Aniki the ever-famous, Night's fair daughter, maid of twilight, When she knew the truth for certain, All the truth without evasion, Down she threw her caps unwashen, And unrinsed she left the clothing, On the bench she left them lying, Where the red bridge has its ending. In her hand her gown she gathered, in her hand the folds collecting, and began from thence to hasten, and with rapid pace she hurried, till at length she reached the smithy, to the forge at once she hastened. There she found smith Ilmarinen, he the great primeval craftsman, and he forged a bench of iron, and adorned it all with silver. Cubit high his head was sooted, on his shoulders ash by fathoms, Aniki the door then entered, and she spoke the words which follow. Smith and brother Ilmarinen, thou the great primeval craftsman, forge me now a weaver's shuttle, pretty rings to deck my fingers, golden earrings, two or three pairs, five or six linked girdles make me, for most weighty truth I'll tell you, all the truth without evasion. Said the smith, said Ilmarinen, if you tell me news important, then a shuttle will I forge you, pretty rings to deck your fingers, and a cross upon your bosom, and the finest headdress forge you, if the words you speak are evil, all your ornaments I'll shatter, tear them off to feed the furnace, and beneath the forge will thrust them. Aniki the ever-famous answered in the words which follow, O thou smith, O Ilmarinen, do you still propose to marry her, the bride who once was promised, and as wife was pledged unto you? while you weld and hammer always ever working with your hammer making horseshoes in the summer iron horseshoes for the winter working at your sledge at night-time and its frame in daytime shaping forth to journey to your wooing and to poyola to travel one more cunning goes before you and another speeds beyond you and your own will capture from you and your love will ravish from you whom two years ago thou sawest whom two years agone thou wooest. Know that Vinamoinen journeys o'er the blue waves of the ocean, in a boat with prow all golden, steering with his copper rudder to the gloomy land of Poya, Sariola forever misty. To the smith came grievous trouble, to the iron worker sorrow. From his grasp the tongs slid downward, from his hand he dropped the hammer. Said the smith, said Ilmarinen, Aniki, my little sister, I will forge you now a shuttle, Pretty rings to deck your fingers, Golden earrings, two or three pairs, Five or six linked girdles make you, Warm for me the pleasant bathroom, Fill the room with fragrant vapour, Let the logs you burn be small ones, And the fire with chips be kindled, And prepare me too some ashes, And some soap in haste provide me, That I wash my head and cleanse it, and I may make white my body, from the cold dust of the autumn, from the forge throughout the winter. Aniki, whose name was famous, heated secretly the bathroom, with the boughs the wind had broken, and the thunderbolt had shattered, stones she gathered from the river, heated them till they were ready, 
Cheerfully she fetched the water, From the holy well she brought it, Broke some bath-whisks from the bushes, Charming bath-whisks from the thickets, And she warmed the honeyed bath-whisks, On the honeyed stones she warmed them, Then with milk she mixed the ashes, And she made him soap of marrow, And she worked the soap to lather, Kneaded then the soap to lather, That his head might cleanse the bridegroom, And might cleanse himself completely. Then the smith e'en Ilmarinen, he the great primeval craftsman, wrought the maiden what she wished for, and he wrought a splendid headdress while she made the bathroom ready, and she put the bath in order, in her hands he placed the trinkets, and the maiden thus addressed him. Now the bathroom's filled with vapour, and the vapour bath I've heated, and have steeped the bath whisk neatly, choosing out the best among them. Bathe, O oh brother, at your pleasures, pouring water as you need it, wash your head to flaxen colour till your eyes shine out like snowflakes then the smith e'en ilmarinen went to take the bath he needed there he bathed himself at pleasure and he washed himself to whiteness washed his eyes until they sparkled and his temples till they glistened and his neck to hen's egg whiteness and his body all was shining from the bath the room he entered changed so much they scarcely knew him for his face it shone with beauty, and his cheeks were cleansed and rosy. Then he spoke the words which follow, Aniki, my little sister, bring me now a shirt of linen, and the best of raiment bring me, that I robe myself completely, and may deck me like a bridegroom. Aniki, the ever-famous, brought him then a shirt of linen, for his limbs no longer sweating, for his body all uncovered. Then she brought well-fitting trousers, which his mother had been sewing, for his hips no longer sooty, and his legs were fully covered. Then she brought him finest stockings, which as maid had wove his mother, and with these his shins he covered, and his calves were hidden by them. Then she brought him shoes that fitted, best of Saxon boots she brought him, and with these the stockings covered, which his mother sewed as maiden. Then a coat of blue she chose him, with a liver-coloured lining, covering thus the shirt of linen, which of finest flax was fashioned. Then an overcoat of woollen, of four kinds of cloth constructed, or the coat of bluish colour of the very latest fashion, and a new fur thousand-buttoned, and a hundredfold more splendid, or the overcoat of woollen and the cloth completely hiding. Round his waist a belt she fastened, and the belt was gold-embroidered, which his mother wrought as maiden, wrought it when a fair-haired maiden. Brightly-coloured gloves she brought him, gold-embroidered for his fingers, which the Lapland children fashioned. On his handsome hands he drew them, then a high-crowned hat she brought him, on his golden locks she placed it, which his father once had purchased when his bridegroom he adorned him. Thus the smith e'en Ilmarinen clothed himself and made him ready, robed himself and made him handsome and his servant he commanded yoke me now a rapid courser in the sledge adorned so finely that i start upon my journey and to pojola may travel thereupon the servant answered horses six are in the stable horses six on oats that fatten which among them shall i yoke you said the smith e'en ilmarinen take the best of all the stallions put the foal into the harness yoke before the sledge the chestnut, then provide me with six cuckoos, seven bluebirds at once provide me, that upon the frame they perch them and may sing their cheerful music, 
that the fair ones may behold them and the maidens be delighted then provide me with a bearskin that i seat myself upon it and a second hide of walrus that the bright-hued sledge is covered thereupon the skilful servant he the servant paid with wages put the colt into the harness yoked before the sledge the chestnut and provided six fine cuckoos seven bluebirds at once provided that upon the frame should perch them and should sing their cheerful music and a bearskin next provided that his lord should sit upon it and another hide of walrus and with this the sledge he covered then the smith e'en ilmarinen he the great primeval craftsman sent aloft his prayer to ukko and he thus besought the thunderer scatter forth thy snow o ukko let the snowflakes soft be drifted that the sledge may glide o'er snowfields o'er the snowdrifts gliding swiftly then the snow did ukko scatter and the snowflakes soft were drifted till the heath stems all were covered on the ground the berry bushes then the smith e'en ilmarinen in his sledge of iron sat him and he spoke the words which follow and in words like these expressed him on my reins attend good fortune yumala my sledge protecting that my reins good fortune fail not nor my sledge may break o yumala in one hand the reins he gathered and the whip he grasped with other o'er the horse the whip he brandished and he spoke the words which follow white brow speed thou quickly onward haste away o flaxen-maned one on the way the horse sprang forward on the water's sandy margin by the shores of sound of sima past the hills with alders covered on the shore the sledge went rattling on the beach the shingle clattered in his eyes the sand was flying to his breast splashed up the water thus he drove one day a second drove upon the third day likewise and at length upon the third day overtook old Vinamoinen, and he spoke the words which followed and in words like these expressed him o thou aged Vinamoinen, let us make a friendly compact that although we both are seeking and we both would woo the maiden yet by force we will not seize her nor against her will shall wed her said the aged Vinamoinen, i will make a friendly compact that we will not seize the maiden nor against her will shall wed her let the maiden now be given to the husband whom she chooses that we nurse not long vexation nor a lasting feud be fostered further on their way they travelled on the path that each had chosen sped the boat the shore re-echoed ran the horse the earth resounded but a short time passed thereafter very short the time elapsing ere the grey-brown dog was barking and the house-dog loudly baying in the gloomy land of poya sariola for ever cloudy sooner still the dog was growling but with less continued growling by the borders of the cornfield gainst the ground his tail was wagging then exclaimed the lord of poya go my daughter to discover why the grey-brown dog is barking and the long-eared dog is baying but the daughter made him answer i have not the time my father i must clean the largest cowshed tend our herd of many cattle grind the corn between the millstones through the sieve must sift the flour grind the corn to finest flour and the grinder is but feeble gently barked the castle's hisi and again the dog was growling and again said poya's master go old dame and look about you see why barks the grey-brown house-dog why the castle-dog is growling 
But the old dame made him answer, This is not a time for talking, For my household cares are heavy, And I must prepare the dinner, And must bake a loaf enormous, And for this the dough be kneading, Bake the loaf of finest flour, And the baker is but feeble. Thereupon said Poya's master, Women, they are always hurried, And the maidens always busy, When before the stove they roast them, When they in their beds are lying. Son, go you and look around you. Thereupon the son made answer, I've no time to look about me. I must grind the blunted hatchet, Chop a log of wood to pieces, Chop to bits the largest woodpile, And to faggots small reduce it. Large the pile and small the faggots, And the workmen of the weakest. Still the castle dog was barking, And the yard dog still was barking, And the furious whelp was baying, And the island watchdog howling sitting by the furthest cornfield and his tail was briskly wagging then again said poya's master not for naught the dog is barking never has he barked for nothing never growls he at the fir trees so he went to reconnoitre and he walked across the courtyard to the cornfield's furthest borders to the path beyond the ploughed land gazed he where the dog's snout pointed where he saw his muzzle pointing to the hill where storms are raging, To the hills where grow the alders. Then he saw the truth most clearly, Why the grey-brown dog was barking, And the pride of earth was baying, And the woolly-tailed one howling. For he saw a red boat sailing Out amid the bay of Lempi, And a handsome sledge was driving On the shore of Sound of Sima. After this the lord of Poya To the house returned directly, And beneath the roof he hastened, And he spoke the words which follow. There are strangers swiftly sailing o'er the blue lake's watery surface, and a gaudy sledge is gliding on the shore of Sound of Sima, and a large boat is approaching to the shore of Bay of Lempi. Then said Poyola's old mistress, Whence shall we obtain an omen why these strangers here are coming? O my little waiting maiden, on the fire lay rowan faggots, and the best log in its glowing. If the log with blood is flowing, then the strangers come for battle. If the log exudes clear water, then is peace abiding with us. Then the little maid of Poya, she the modest waiting maiden, on the fire laid rowan faggots, placed the best log in its glowing. From the log no blood was trickling, nor did water trickle from it. From the log there oozed forth honey, from the log dripped down the nectar. From the corner spoke Swokvako, spoke the old dame neath the blankets, from the log if oozes honey, from the log if drips the nectar, then the strangers who are coming may be ranked as noble suitors. Then did Poya's aged mistress, Poya's old dame, Poya's daughter, to the courtyard fencing hasten, hurry quick across the courtyard, and they gazed across the water, to the south their heads then turning, and they saw from thence approaching swift a ship of novel fashion, of a hundred planks constructed out upon the bay of Lempi. Underneath the boat looked bluish, but the sails of crimson colour, in the stern there sat a hero, at the copper rudder's handle, and they saw a stallion trotting with a red sledge strange of aspect, and the gaudy sledge was speeding on the shore of Sound of Sima, and they saw six golden cuckoos perching on the frame and calling, seven blue birds were likewise perching on the reins, and these were singing, and a stalwart hero sitting in the sledge the reins was holding. Then said Poyola's old mistress, and she spoke the words which follow, Whom will you accept as husband if they really come to woo you? As a life companion woo you, dove-like in his arms to nestle. 
he who in the boat is sailing in the red boat fast approaching out upon the bay of lempi is the aged Vinamoinen. in the boat he brings provisions and of treasures brings a cargo he who in the sledge is driving in the gaudy sledge is speeding on the shore of sound of sima is the smith named ilmarinen he with empty hands is coming filled his sledge with spells of magic therefore if the room they enter bring them then the mead in tankard in the two-eared tankard bring it and in his hands place the tankard whom thou dost desire to follow choose thou vainula's great hero he whose boat with wealth is loaded and of treasures brings a cargo but the lovely maid of poya thus made answer to her mother o my mother who hast borne me o my mother who hast reared me nothing do i care for riches nor a man profound in wisdom but a man of lofty forehead one whose every limb is handsome never once in former ages gave a maid her life in this wise i a maid undowered will follow ilmarinen skilful craftsman he it was who forged the sampo and the coloured cover welded then said poya's aged mistress oh indeed my child my lambkin if you go with ilmarinen from whose brow the sweat falls freely you must wash the blacksmith's aprons and the blacksmith's head wash likewise but the daughter gave her answer in the very words which follow him from vainula i choose not nor an aged man will care for for an old man is a nuisance and an aged man would vex me then did aged Vainamoinen reach his journey's end the soonest and he steered his crimson vessel brought his boat of bluish colour to the roller's steel constructed to the landing stage of copper after this the house he entered underneath the roof he hastened and upon the floor spoke loudly near the door beneath the rafters and he spoke the words which follow and expressed himself in this wise wilt thou come with me o maiden evermore as my companion wife-like on my knees to seat thee in my arms as dove to nestle then the lovely maid of poya answered in the words which follow have you then the boat constructed built a large and handsome vessel from the splinters of my spindle from the fragments of my shuttle then the aged Vinamoinen answered in the words which follow i have built a noble vessel and a splendid boat constructed strongly built to face the tempest and the winds its course opposing as it cleaves the tossing billows o'er the surface of the waters bladder-like amid the surges as a leaf by current drifted over poyola's wide waters and across the foaming billows then the lovely maid of poya answered in the words which followed nothing do i reck of seamen heroes boasting of the billows drives the wind their minds to ocean and their thoughts the east wind saddens therefore thee i cannot follow never pledge myself unto thee evermore as thy companion in thy arms as dove to nestle spread the couch whereon thou sleepest for thy head arrange the pillows End of Runo 18. Recording by Expatria in Bangor, Maine.